0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning, New Life at Calvary. So happy to see you guys out this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. So let us
1: rejoice.
0: Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. How many of y'all ready to start worship service today? How many of y'all came to church because you need to hear a word today? You want to be encouraged or uplifted? Praise God. That's what we come to church for. Hallelujah. we, we begin, we are going to go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for another Lord's day. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you, God, for just being with us this morning. Thank you for just giving us a mind to talk to you, to speak to you, to hear from you, Lord and to just hear your word today, Lord. Thank you, God, for New Life at Calvary, God. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that you have serving in our church today. We are thankful for those that are attending our church, those that are still coming in online, those that are still driving in, Lord. Those that just need to hear a word today somewhere, we are praying for those that need to hear a word, Lord, that you will bring them into our worship service today, God. Thank you, God, for the visitors that we have today. Thank you, Lord. Somebody's going to get saved today. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get healed today. Somebody's going to get wisdom. Somebody's going to get knowledge. Somebody's going to get love today. We expect it, God, and we just say thank you, God, in advance that you are our father and our friend, our our leader, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for the sermon. We thank you, Lord, for the music. We thank you, Lord, for our church family. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for Facebook and the Internet to be able to spread your word as far as, as you would happen to go in this country and the next, Lord. We just say thank you, God, for those that come to serve in our church. We pray a special blessing on those that serve today. Hallelujah. We get up early in the morning just to see your face, God. So we just say thank you, God, for allowing us to serve and be your people, to be your church. Lord, there's somebody that needs to be saved today, somebody that needs a refreshing wind, somebody that needs some hope and some love and we're praying for them especially right now that you bring them into our service as we begin God just remove any distractions Lord just um, remove any people that are coming in the way put the right people in their path and put it on people's minds and hearts to come to church not just here at New Life in Calvary but all over the world today because we need more love we need more Jesus in the world Lord so we just pray your special anointing not just for our service but for services all over God let your heart Holy Spirit, move throughout this earth and through our land, through our country, God. Let our church and let our uh, world have a revival today, God. Help us to be awakened in your son, Jesus Christ. It's Lenten season, God. So we just know you have something special for us in in our Lenten season, God. And we are praying that you bless this service this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 Amen.
2: Welcome again to our New Life
0: at Calvary family online. Welcome to our visitors. We have a special visitor today from Fredericksburg. Hallelujah, raise your hand back there. We are so happy to see you today. And we are welcoming anybody that's online. Give us a like, a wave, a comment on Facebook or on the internet. Leave a comment. Go on to our app, New Life at Calvary app, and click on the about links, And you can get a prayer card, and we're going to pray for you. Is somebody ready to serve God today? Is somebody ready to give God praise today? Amen. So let us stand up on our feet if we're able. And we are about to sing with our praise team and our praise men. We just want to praise you.
3: I love you, Lord. Say, I love you, Lord. I give my life to you, Lord. I give my life to you, Lord. You are so good. You are so nice. You, you are so, nice. so amazing, Lord. And we just love you, Lord. Oh, Holy we'll Spirit. I love, oh, Jesus. love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Say, I love you, Lord. Say, I love you, Lord. for your breakthrough today, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, Lord. All the praise, Lord. And right now, Lord, we love your Holy Spirit, and we know you're in this room. And
4: we want to lift up, especially those who are heavy-hearted today, Lord. We know those today that are grieving loss and pain and hurt. And so, Lord, we, we lay all of our knees before you. And we are trusting, Lord, you made a promise to us, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we're holding on to the promise, Lord. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus for Hazel, for Hazel's husband, Dwayne, Lord, that you would heal his body, Lord, that you would be with Hazel and encourage her heart. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus for Tanya. We thank you, Lord, for her brother and that she was up here praising you, Lord, and even in the midst of her loss. We thank you, Lord, for Lamar and her brother's life, Lord Jesus. We're praying, Lord, for a for barber shepherd's daughter,
3: Lord, in the hospital, Lord. We
4: just thank you, Lord, that you are touching lives. You are transforming us, Lord. Every one of us has a need today, Lord. And we just lift our needs before you, Lord. Our financial needs, our relationship needs, Lord. You are the way maker. And we love you more than anything. And we give you everything today. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and "Amen." amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is faithful, you all. God is so, so good. If you all would rise with me as we say our church purpose statement together. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ.
2: I will serve in the ministry
4: with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faith giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst hallelujah hallelujah god is faithful you may be seated we're going to invite up uh camille Gelly, who's going to share with us a little bit about the youth today and youth church and the black a uh, black history and women's history
3: Bridges.
1: Um. Hello. I would like to tell you
2: about Ruby Bridges. Ruby's birthday is September 8, 1954. Ruby Bridges is from Tyler Town, Mississippi. She is the oldest Ruby Bridges is known for being the first African American child to desegregate William Prince Elementary School. At six years old, Ruby's bravery helped pave the way for civil rights action in the American South. How did Ruby, how, how did Ruby make the world a better place? How Ruby Bridges made a difference in the world is because she paved a path for the future generations of black students and was an inspiration for people of all ages. Another way Ruby made a difference in the world is in 1999, Ruby Bridges created the Ruby Bridges Foundation to help end the fight against ra- racism. Ruby Bridges famous quote, don't follow the path, go where there is no path and begin the trail. When you start a new trail equipped with courage, strength, strength, and conviction, the only thing that can stop you is you. Yes. Next up, we're gonna have Martin Luther King.
5: Hello, everybody. I w- my name is James Taylor, and I'll be telling you some facts about Martin Luther King. three, no. Martin Luther King was named to married to Coretta in 1953. His birthday is celebrated on the 3rd Monday in January and is a federal holiday. Martin Luther King was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1965. And is the youngest prisoner to be awarded the Nobel.
6: December 1st, 1955, 55, Rosa did not give up her seat. She was tired. At that time, the law was, blacks had to give up their seats. At the back of the bus, The blacks wanted rode the bus. In 1956, the change, Supreme change court changed the law. African-American to serve as a justice judge on the U.S. Supreme Court. Marshall lost three of the 32 cases he agree- he argued in the Supreme Court. Marshall's favorite color is brown because it expresses, it expresses himself and his color. My name is Dylan Williams.
2: you enjoyed this spotlight
4: in black and women's history. Thank you. Praise God.
2: Thank you so
4: much. We thank God for our young people.
7: All of us that had to do those church speeches, it was
4: never easy. Amen. <laughs> We're going to now have Andrea Phillips come up for our scripture. Me what time it is, and what do we say? Hallelujah. And it it's so good to be able to give back to God in the form of our tithes and offerings. Amen. And this Sunday is the first Sunday of March. Hallelujah. We're in March 2023. And our, our first Sunday offering goes to support our deacons' ministry. And as you know, sadly, our deacons have been busy with a lot of homegoing celebrations. And a lot of families needing support. So if you're able to, we would ask that you would give a little extra to the deacons today. As our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the great provider. Lord, we do not have to worry about one need at all. Your eye is on the sparrow. And so, Lord Jesus, we know, Lord, that you are looking after each and every one of us. We pray your blessing upon our knees, though, Lord, and we ask for your help where we are deeply, deeply suffering and struggling. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless these tithes and offerings. We ask a special blessing, Lord, for our deacons and those that are grieving and low of heart today, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage and lift up their hearts today. Help us to all lift our eyes to the hills from whence comes our help and our strength. We pray again your blessing upon these tithes and offerings, Lord, that they will be amplified and multiplied to be used for your kingdom. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's saints said, amen and amen. As our ushers collect our offering, for those of you who are joining us online today, we have several easy ways for you to participate in the offering today you can go right to nlac.tv and establish your website giving account. For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead, put that dollar sign in, the number 2, NLAC. And make sure you give us a note so we can know where you would like your offering to go. For those of you that like to mail in or drop off your offering, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020. East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. We are so grateful for all of your gifts today. Saints, we, we now have the blessing of bringing up a missing deacon from last week, and I can talk about her bad because she my missing deacon, praise God. My daughter, Trinity Sullivan. Do you have the? So we're going to invite our deacon up so that we can ordain her and have her fully functional and ready to go <laughs> okay we, we might be uh we gonna pause this okay we're gonna pause the deacon <laughs> we're gonna get the, the book we don't have a blue book in the room you all so we're gonna go ahead and be blessed by song with uh Carrie Holland, and then Pastor Antonio will bring the message, and then right before we serve communion, we will do that ordination.
0: Out in the house of the Lord, one more time today. Amen. So I am so glad to have everybody out today. Thank you so much, Praise Man, Praise Team. We all know that God has been good to us, right? Hallelujah! We can all we all have that testimony. God has been good to me. Hallelujah! In bad times and in good times, Amen. Ups and downs, God is there. So we are going to begin our sermon, but before we begin, let us
2: go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you
0: for just being with us today. Thank you for your word, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Move us from where we are to where it is you would have us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Man, All right. So in your uh, in your bulletin today, you can see the title of our message. And what is the title of our message today? Forsaken for me. And we are in the sermon series building. I mean, the greatest kind, con- the greatest comeback. <laughs> we just finished uh, building something eternal, but now we're going into the greatest comeback. And today I'll be talking about forsaken for me. What does it mean to be forsaken? Abandoned. Uh, Hassan. you cheating. You get your Bible out or something? You get your <laughs> abandoned. Anybody else? What does forsaken mean? Left. Left behind. Betrayed. Yeah.
2: Uh, it means deserted, abandoned, left alone.
0: Just, you know, uh, you had an agreement. It didn't, you know, somebody didn't keep their word. You know, how many of you have ever been forsaken before? Or betrayed. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us have been forsaken or betrayed, right? We know how that feels. It doesn't feel good, right? Um, have you ever been the person that deserted somebody? Have you ever forsaken? All right, somebody raised their hand. They was both telling their sins today. Anybody else deserted somebody? Oh, okay, um, not many people, huh? Well, how about God? <laughs> a lot of people don't want to confess their sins. Uh, anybody ever deserted or forsaken God had a promise to God that you, that you couldn't keep? Oh, sometimes we don't keep promises to ourselves, right? I see somebody's hand raised. Beginning of the year, we had some New Year's resolutions, right? We forsook ourselves. We abandoned some of those resolutions already. It's only March, the first Sunday of March, and we have forgotten about those things. How many of y'all have forsaken your New Year's resolutions? Okay, nobody. Y'all one person. Okay, a couple of people so it happens as a part of life and why does it happen though you know sometimes something doesn't work out maybe somebody made you upset maybe god made you upset maybe you had your eyes too big and you just couldn't keep up with it maybe you thought you could do it, and you really just couldn't keep up with it so last week pastor kelly preached to us about betray for me Judas was upset with jesus as the messiah he didn't think jesus was doing what the messiah should do How many of y'all know somebody that's in a position, and you think, hey, you are in that position. I don't think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, somebody laughing, so they know how they thought that before. Yeah, sometimes we do like the president or somebody with a title or a pastor or a teacher or a friend or a a spouse or whoever it is. You ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. I don't like that, I'm mad at you for that. So, you know, you have these expectations. But Jesus had, and God had a whole different plan for Jesus. Amen. Sometimes God has a whole different plan for our lives that we don't expect. So Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And today, this week, we are going to be talking about forsaken for me. And we are going to be looking at the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Anybody know about the story of the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus is in the garden. He was afraid. He was anxious. He sweat great drops of blood. He was asking God to turn the decision around. He said, Lord, take this cup from me. Even and you three friends. Come on, pray with me. Come on, y'all. How many of y'all, when y'all really want something, you even get so religious. He said, come on, come on, pray with me about this thing. Come on, because you, you know what God said, but you still want to do something else. Amen. Okay. But Jesus went and asked the three of his disciples to pray with him. And they just kept falling asleep, and his plan didn't work. And eventually, he did get arrested, and he did go to the cross. He was alone in Garden of Gethsemane. He was afraid. He was forsaken by his own uh, apostle. So, who do you turn to today, new life at Calvary? When you are forsaken, when you don't think things should go um, the way you think they should go, to when you, who are your prayer partners? Yeah, who do you go? You turn to God. Anybody else? Who do you turn to? Yeah, a lot of us turn to God. Yeah. Do you have any friends or family members that you turn to sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. But most of us have gotten the habit of going to God, and that's really good. Go to God first, first. You know, um, so, and then when you do go to God and God is not listening or you think God isn't listening or God isn't responding the way you want God to respond, what do you do then? You just got to wait. Ask again. (laughs) And keep on asking like Jesus. Anybody else? You just got to do what you got to do, huh? (laughs) You try to make things happen on your own. That's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, sometimes we do do that. When we know that God said this is what we need to be doing, and you go off and try to do it anyways. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about a story about Abraham, Hagar, and Sarah. Anybody know the story of Hagar and Abraham and Sarah? So it all begins in Genesis 15 chapter, where God makes a covenant with Abraham. And God said, you are going to have so many descendants. It's going to be too numerous to count. You're going to be like stars in the sky, right? And it says it was credited unto him righteousness because he believed remember that right he believed but then flipped the page to chapter 16 what happens oh chapter 16 sarah said hey look we ain't got no kids <laughs> what are we gonna do about this i don't know if he told sarah about the covenant he made with god but sarah had her own idea she said well we ain't got no kids now at this time uh he was 75 years old when he got that promise he, uh, Sarah said, hey, let's go have a child with my slave, and then we can have us a child. He said, okay, he had to think twice about that one. Well, how many of y'all had to think twice about it? How many men had to think twice about that? <laughs> Not a lot, right? <laughs> Some of us would, though. But um, he just went on ahead and had that child with Hagar, uh, her their slave, her slave. And they had Ishmael. They got out of God's time, and they just couldn't wait, and they birthed an Ishmael. How many of y'all have heard that saying before? You better wait. For the promise, when God has up for you, don't go ahead and birth Ishmael. You want to birth the Isaac, the promised child. Because this guess what? There were problems attached to Ishmael. More problems were happening. So he went on and, and got in his own time and, and did what he could, even though God gave him a promise. Now, a lot of people were getting forsaken. First, who was forsaken from the covenant? God was forsaken in the covenant, right? Now, Sarah and Abraham are going to get forsaken now. Genesis 16, after Hagar knew she was pregnant, she despised her mistress Sarah. And she uh she couldn't stand her, and Sarah knew you know when somebody can't stand you. When they tell her they try to hide it, but they don't hide it really good. She couldn't stand her. And I don't know, maybe she was giving her the equal eye or whatever, and she probably was working her neck or something like some of this. Is, but Sarah knew about it, and she began to treat her bad. How many of you, you know, go tit for tat? Sometimes he's like, "Well, you ain't gonna teach me like that. If you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back," and so on and so forth. Some, unfortunately, some people do that. Uh, so Sarah and Abraham got were um, forsaken because she ran off when she started getting abused. She said, "Oh, I'm gone. Forget about this." God found her in the desert. He said, "Hey, where are you going? Go back to your mistress and serve her. Your son is going to be a come a great nation." So after that, she went back. Then God came back and appeared to Abraham again. And, and I like what the story says. It says that God appeared in three people, even in Genesis. Uh, he appeared in three people. And he said, about this time next year, and, but Abraham knew it was God. He said, about this time, uh, at the, uh, not this time next year, he said, at the right time. He didn't give him when. He said, at the right time, I'm going to come back, and Sarah is going to conceive and give you a child. When Sarah heard that, she laughed. How many of you, at you know, at her age, will probably laugh? You know, she had to have been about in her seventies or something like that. What? I'm gonna have a child in the seventies? Um. So she laughed, and then God did. But then Abraham got in trouble. He said, "Why did Sarah laugh when I said that she was gonna have a child?" And this is what Sarah did. She lied right to God's face. I didn't laugh. You can't lie to God. God knows your thoughts before you think of. didn't laugh God said you did laugh hopefully when we get to heaven one day we meet God face to face we won't do that we won't say (laughs) I didn't do that it wasn't me (laughs) it was somebody else that looked just like me my name but anyhow so she lied and so God was forsaken again she lied to God now Isaac is born and then Isaac is weaned. They have a big celebration. And now Isaac is forsaken by his own brother Ishmael because Ishmael begins to mock his little brother. Nobody really care because he's weaned. I've been weaned.
2: You know, I'm grown. I'm bigger than him.
0: Um, and he, you know, I, one of uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, the books about this chapter, it talks about how there's a, a, a hard there's never going to be a peace between what's counterfeit and what's real. And I hate to say that about kids, but in general, when something is not supposed to be there and something is supposed to be there, there's never going to be a peace. There's never going to be rest. So he, they were going back and forth at it, and Sarah saw the kid, saw her son being mocked. She said, "Oh no, Abraham! Uh, uh, this slave again? Your child? They got to go. They got to get up out of my house. They not about to get here. None of my child stuff." So Abraham was forsaken by his own wife because she turned on him, even though it was her big idea to even go out and have Ishmael. How many of us do that? Sometimes we have our big ideas, and then we turn on people when things don't work out. We play the blame game, right? Oh, yeah, some of us do that. So then she turned on him. It's a lot of drama in the story. And then on top of that, he sent them out after God said to send them out, just listen to your wife. That's a whole other sermon there, happy wife, happy life. Send your wife, listen to your wife and send them out. And Ishmael was finally deserted by his own mother in the desert when um, she thought he was about to die and she couldn't watch him die. A lot of people were forsaken in this story. Everybody was forsaken. God was forsaken. Sarah was forsaken. Abraham was forsaken. Hagar was forsaken. Isaac was forsaken and Ishmael. When we make some of these poor decisions, sometimes we can reap some big repercussions. Amen? Sometimes we need to just wait for God's time and take it over to wait for God's timing. There's a lot of drama, and sometimes drama happens in our lives, and they're unavoidable. Nobody wants their child to be sent out. Nobody wants their child to go through hard and pain, Right? Nobody wants their child to be end up in a bad situation. Nobody wants their your husband or your wife to feel like they're being uh, treated or mistreated. Nobody wants to go through that. Uh, and sometimes our decisions have repercussions that are generational, not just for you but for your children, sometimes for your nieces and nephews, sometimes for kids that you work with, or sometimes for your cousins or relatives, whatever, whoever you're around. It affects other people. It affects your church, too. It affects your community. It affects the world. Uh, you have to make some better decisions in life. When plans don't go the way as intended, sometimes feelings get involved, emotions are involved, you got the highs, you got the lows, it's like you're on a roller coaster, like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, like,
3: where does this not end?
0: What actions do you take when you're on that roller coaster ride? Normally, we won't make good decisions when we're not in a good place, Right? Like they said, when you're hungry, you get kind of angry, you get kind of hangry, you just don't make good decisions, you start going off on people. This is kind of like the same thing. When you have these different emotions that's going on, you don't make good decisions. So now we're gonna look at, sometimes you're just like Hagar, you're just doing your job. You're just going along doing what you were asked to do. Now, she was a slave and she didn't have any rights, but she had feelings and her boss got her into some drama, got her into some mess. Hey. I need you to come have this baby right quick. What? And you know she didn't have no choice. So what was she going to do, get put out, get killed? No, I'm going to just have this baby. And she had feelings. And, you know, uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 4, it says she despised Sarah after she was pregnant. Probably thinking it was like, I'm the one having this man's baby. How come I'm not his wife? What you doing? You know, there had to have been some jealous feelings. And anybody can identify with Hagar or Sarah or Abraham, maybe even Isaac or Ishmael. There's a whole bunch of feelings, but can I tell your neighbor, God knows how you feel. Tell your other neighbor, God knows how you feel. Hagar ran away from Sarah the first time, and God told her to return. He knew she was going to run away. He said, hey, where you going? Go back. I'm going to wrecking you. I got this. I'm going to make your son into a great nation. Then... God knew that Ishmael was mocking Isaac, so God allowed him to be sent out. He told his father to send him out. Um, He had to have been jealous, regardless of the feelings. The situation is people get left out, people get put out, people get disowned, things don't work out, and people are forsaken. Sometimes we have different actions. Sometimes we place blame. How many of y'all sometimes place blame instead of taking accountability for what happened? It's kind of hard to take accountability for your actions sometimes, but we have to learn and practice taking accountability when we mess up. Okay, church? And um, I have to say, as the parents, they had support poor planning. They really did. Where was God in their planning? Where was their humility? How many of y'all know y'all don't have all the answers? We don't have all the answers, and we need God to make important decisions, especially with our kids. Ishmael was the one that was put in a bad situation, but he was mocking. You know, our kids today, they do learn about, in our Bible study, they learn about humility. They learn about bullying. They learn about tough situations. And maybe they should have been at youth church, amen. Maybe they should have been in Bible study. But our parents, the parents is the one that primarily teach your kid what's important and what's not important. The parents bring their kids to Bible study, amen. The parents bring their children to youth church. You have to teach your kids right from wrong. Now our kids learned this week about humility. They had to memorize 2nd Chronicles 7:14 and it says, "If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive their sin and heal their land." Those kids were so proud they could learn all that all that whole scripture. How many of you know that whole scripture by yourself? All right. Some of us do, but we recognize it. Second Chronicles 7, 14. We have to have humility. Turn from your wicked ways. Don't try to do things on your own. Listen to God the first time. We were talking in school. Some of us missed that listen. Listen the first time. So what actions do you take? Do you go off like Sarah? Do you try to go tit for tat? Or do you try to run away like Hagar? Do you try to place blame? Do you try to make fun? Do you try to discredit? Or do you take accountability? Do you go to God in these bad situations? Abraham was distressed. The scripture says he was distressed, but he listened to God. His action was listening to God. Take your neighbor, listen to God. God spoke to him and told him, listen to your wife. And God was essentially going to right those wrongs. God was going to reckon his offspring through Isaac. It had to have been hard to let your own child go. A lot of people can't do that, but if you really love somebody, sometimes the best thing you can do is just let them go. If you cannot take care of something or you cannot, you know, be a help in a situation, if it's getting worse, sometimes you do have to step back. If God tells you to step back, let me make that clear. If God tells you to step back, you need to step back. And even with our own children, sometimes we can't always be hands-on like we like to be. Sometimes we have to let kids fall and mess up on their own. That's another sermon. But we have to trust God with our children. Do you trust God with your children today? Yeah. And remember, Abraham was the same one who was going to sacrifice Isaac when God told him to sacrifice him. Abraham had to have a great relationship with God to trust his both of his children with God, and we can. That's evident in the scripture. When we go through some tough times, we can get up in church and say, "Oh yeah, I would do this, I would do that," and big and bad around your friends. But when life actually happens, will you follow through with it? We need some follow through. Amen. We have to trust our children and our entire lives, our plans with God. God has the ultimate plan. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. Nobody can go and live their life without God knowing about it, without God knowing all the details of your life. So sometimes God allows these things to happen. Um, And we have all kinds of choices to go through Um, ideas on TV, the news, and in the media. We have these problems. We forsook God. We ran out on God. We didn't listen to God. But God already has an answer for your problem. God is so good, he knew he was going to mess up. He knew he was going to forsake him like Abraham, and he still made a way out of no way. Isn't God good? God still made a way out of no way for your problem. And God knows our thoughts before we think them. We have to have some humility. He should have never gone out and conceived Ishmael. I don't care how old he was. He, he, got, he made it that long, he could have just kept on waiting. He should've just left it like alone. He should have just left it alone. He was seventy-five years old. A lot of people ain't expecting no kids in those seventy-five years old, right? But he got out of God's timing and God still had mercy for Abraham and Sarah and Ishmael and Hagar and Isaac. God was forsaken, but God was the one who was loving and merciful. God had a solution for their problem. Take it up, you got a problem.
3: <laughs> and God has a solution for your
0: problem John 3.16 said God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what everlasting life God knows even from the beginning of the time we were going to mess with, even with the problem of sin God had Jesus Christ as our savior to save us from our sins from eternal damnation to have us a better, a better abundant life So God has mercy for us. Now, what did Hagar do? Let's look at Hagar's actions. What did she do? She just left. Did she put up a fight? Did she work her neck? Did she say, Sarah, I can't stand you, girl, and that's why I had the baby first and so on? No. She didn't say none of that. She just left. She just followed directions. Why? Probably because she was ready to leave in the first place. But she did leave. Maybe because she had held on to the promise that God gave her that her son would be a great nation. You know what? It's so interesting that Hagar was not even a worshiper of God, but she could follow directions much better than Abraham and Sarah. Isn't that amazing? God can use whoever God wants to use. Amen? God can use even you. God can use you, too. She had a relationship with God, and she trusted God with her children as well. So Abraham only gave her one little container of water and some food on a stick and just sent her out. And it kind of seems kind of ruthless because Abraham was actually rich. A lot of our forefathers in the Bible, they were actually pretty wealthy. Lots of cattle, the flocks, and servants, and all that kind of jazz. He was rich. He could have gave her some child support. He could have gave her a camel, a house to live in, or something. He didn't have to send her out with no one container of water, no bread. But maybe he knew that he was just following God's direction. He knew that God already had a plan for her, and whatever he planned was futile.
2: God is the one that's in control of our lives, not us.
0: We are not in control. God is in control. And maybe he knew that God will provide for them, and he did. When they got to that death and they thought they were going to die, God heard the cry of Ishmael, the innocent person. He was innocent. He shouldn't even be in that mess in the first place. But he's out in the desert crying, God provided for them. And God said, Hey, there's a well over there, and then they survived in the desert. He grew up and became an archer, and his mother Hagar found a wife from him in Egypt. Also, at the end of that chapter, if you read on, read your Bible, tell your neighbor, read your Bible. And um, Beersheba was pers- promised to him as a place for his descendants. So maybe God already knew that's where Ishmael was going to end up. God already had a new I already had a plan before the problem even happened. Amen. Sometimes we get into these problems and we just don't even consider God. Well, God don't know how I feel. Yes, God does know how you feel. God knows what you're going to do before you even think about doing them. God, that's why he sent his son Jesus Christ out because he knows how we feel. Let's look at Jesus. Can you put the New Testament up, please? New Testament. Jesus sent out the 12 disciples with instructions as they preached. Let's read the first part of that together, uh, verse 8 and 9. It says what? these were his instructions oh it's on the screen okay here we go these were his instructions take nothing for the journey except a staff no bread no bag no money in your belts wear sandals but not an extra shirt stop right there so what is that really saying just Rely on the Lord. Tell your neighbor, just rely on the Lord. God is the one that's doing the sending. No matter if it's a good situation or if it's a bad situation, God is in control of your life. And always, God was the one who told Abraham, hey, let him go. God had a plan. And it says, just rely on the Lord. God is the one descending. sending. He knows your needs. You don't have to bring no bread. You don't have to bring no 12 bags to go overnight. No just go. So people are, are not our source. God is our source. Sometimes the directions that God gives us also won't make any sense. That don't even make no sense, God. How are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep at? But where are we going? But we just going to walk out in the middle of the desert and just go? How many of y'all can actually do that if God said, hey, go to the desert tomorrow?
7: <laughs> not
0: many of us. Not many of us, but God is our shepherd. He is our good shepherd. And there is a purpose. We have to trust God. Take it ever. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight, because you are being sent And God knows your needs. Let's read verse 10 there. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. Keep going. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Shake the dust off your feet sometimes. So basically, if Jewish people had to go into a Gentile city as they left, they would literally just kick the the dirt off their feet because they said, they ain't taking nothing with us. It's a gesture that says, I don't want nothing from y'all. God's got me. I'm going forward. How many can actually say that? I don't need nothing from this situation, from this job, from this house, from this relationship, from this bad situation. I don't need it because God has my provision over here. You're being sent out. God is sending you out, and God already knows your needs. And sometimes you're wondering about what about the enemies, but God is even going to take care of your enemies. In this situation in the New Testament, uh, it says that it would be better if they were not even born. God knows your enemies. God knows how to take care of your enemies. Like Abraham and um, Sarah uh, and Hagar, God said, I'm going to reckon your children. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about all that. I will reckon him. I will make them a great nation. He don't have to have no inheritance with Isaac. He got his own inheritance over here. God has provision for you when you think you're missing something. You're really not. So they preached and they saw miracles, and the nation um, of Ishmael was a miracle. God, sometimes we can't just leave because We think that we need something, but God has a whole miracle for you over here. If you would just walk over here, if you would just step out of what you know, walk by faith and not by sight. When you're down to nothing, I like when people say, God is always up to something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. And what were Jesus' actions? We talked about Hagar's actions. We talked about Sarah's actions. We talked about Abraham's actions. Jesus, on the night of the Last Supper, he knew He was going to be forsaken. And Judas was going to be the primary person to sell him him, um, with 30 pieces of silver. And his friends were not going to be able to stay up with him. He knew. He knew he was going. He knew he was going to the cross. But he didn't want to go to the cross. He still had his feelings. He was still anxious. He still sweat those great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus even said, my soul is overwhelmed god knows how you feel sometimes we go through these situations and we say where is god why are you putting me through this you ain't going through this jesus went through this jesus went through anxiousness jesus was tired jesus didn't want to go through everything god had for him but he did it and god does know how we feel so the people his um three friends that kept falling asleep and finally jesus just gave in And sometimes we have to say this to our situation, not my will, yours be done. Say that, not my will, yours be done. We have to say that over our children, over our finances, over our friends, our relationships, over our jobs, over career, over our whole life. Not my will, yours be done. I don't wanna go this way, but I'm gonna go this way anyway. I'm gonna just trust you in the bad times. Not just trusting God, not having a conditional trust, things are good, you got the promotion, but even trusting God in the valley of the shadow of death. You know what, yesterday we went down to uh, uh, Dayton, we went out to Dayton on Friday, and we went to the Montgomery County Jail for the prison ministry, it was eight of us total, four from New Life at Calvary, two from Bridge, and two from Bay Presbyterian Church, and we had a great time in God, God is so good. Those women and men and juveniles were down to nothing, but we ministered to those people in the jail. And they had some wonderful speakers. There was one lady, she was like a famous basketball player, or, well, I never heard of her, but she was in a um, a, a WBL, which is the predecessor of the WNBA, and she's in the Hall of Fame, and her name was Tanya, and she was just spinning these balls, and she was like, here, give me your fingers balls on their fingers and balls everywhere and she was doing all these tricks and she said you know what i got a story to tell you i was at the top of my career and i said is this all life was about basketball and doing tricks and making all this money like what's my purpose in life and did you ever know that sometimes when you make it to the top you're not really at the top just because it looked like you at the top it don't mean you at the top according to worldly standards She was feeling like a deflated basketball that had no bounce. They couldn't do nothing with it. On the inside, and I'm so glad she shared that testimony, on the inside, she felt deflated. But God was the one that inflated her. She said, God, I need some help. If you can teach me how to play this basketball and do all these tricks, you can teach me about this Bible and what the purpose of my life really is. And God did just that, and God is still literally using her, bouncing her all around the world to share her testimony, to preach the inmates about Jesus Christ really being the source and their friend, her friend. Um, and I like what the analogy she said. She said, this is like halftime. She said, I remember one time I was at halftime, and we were about to lose, and we came back. Sometimes... Those are the greatest games you watch, like in the NFL or basketball, when the team is really losing in the beginning. Like, okay, at halftime, I don't know about this. If they keep going on, I'm leaving. I'm changing the station. Uh -uh. But she said she was at halftime, and they came back, and they won that game. They won that championship game. And she said, when we are down to nothing, sometimes it's like we're at halftime. We got to get back in the game because God. To live to abundant life. What if Hagar just went in the desert and just said, hey, I'm in the desert, I'm done. I'm done. And what if God had spoken to her and she just said, well, I'm not looking over there. Ain't no desert. I must be hearing things. No, she listened to God and she had an abundant life. Her and her children and her descendants had an abundant life. God is up to something. It's, uh, maybe it's only halftime for you, but sometimes God has a whole other second half. You're going to win that game and have the greatest comeback, just like Jesus Christ.
2: You know what? Sometimes we go through
0: these tough situations, and we're mad at God, and we ask God, why me? I had a friend of mine in my Bible study, and she just broke down crying in Bible study. I'm just tired. I know God loves me, but I'm just tired. Why me? Why am I going through this situation? I was in a group home, and my my mother left me, and I, you know, I had a child of 16, and I had to struggle. And why do I have to keep going? I said, because you have something specific for you. your neighbor, you have something specific for you. Everybody has their own cross to bear. Everybody has their own situation to go through because God has a different resurrection for all of us. God wants us to go to the cross sometimes because he wants to resurrect us and give us the greatest comeback in our lives. Amen? Go through the crucifixion like Christ and let God raise you up like Christ and let God renew your life and restore you and bring you out better. God has a miracle for you today, and I'm a witness. How many of you all are a witness that God has a plan, and God is going to restore, and God is going to do some healings today, and God has some finances for you today, and God has some some people in your life to fill you up, to heal you up, and move you forward in your life. This is only halftime. God is on the way. God has a plan, and don't give up, because God has a great comeback for you too. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Let's pray as we are getting ready to go to communion.
0: Oh, we're getting ready to have a deacon come on up here, but let's pray. Lord, we just say thank you for the sermon. Thank you for the word. Thank you for encouraging us. And thank you, God, for in each situation you send us out. You have a good plan and a purpose for us, and you are using us for your glory. Help us, Lord, to just be encouraged, to have that hope. And thank you, God, in advance for the healing and the needs that we have. Thank you, Lord, that you know how we feel and that you are with us as you send us out. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're getting ready to have an ordination now. So we're going to have someone come up here. Trinity.
4: Praise God, Pastor Antonio. Wonderful message. Hallelujah. 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 I was like, you walking all up and down my street. Would you please get off my street? The Lord, no, it's funny that you use that word, letting go, because all week my prayers being, Lord, help me to let go. I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) she came with that sermon. It's time to let go. Saints, we're just happy to have Trinity come up for her ordination as a deacon, and uh, we we, uh, ordained all the rest of the elders and deacons last week. Come on down for a Trinity. (laughs) This is Trinity Sullivan, right here. (laughs) So uh, thank you, elders, for coming on up. We're just going to go real quickly through this. Um, There are different gifts, but it is the same Spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through men and women in different ways, but it is the same God who achieves his purpose through them all. Each one is given a gift by the Spirit to use for the common good. Together we are the body of Christ and individually members of him. Though we have different gifts, together we are a ministry of reconciliation led by the risen Christ, we work and pray to make his church useful in the world, and we call men and women to faith so that in the end every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Within our common ministry, some members are chosen for particular works as ministers of the word, ruling elders or deacons. In ordination, we recognize these special ministries, remembering that our Lord Jesus said, whoever among us wants to be the great must become the servant of all, and if they want to be first among you, they must be the slave of all. dad. (laughs) The Lord does have a plan for our children. He does a plan to prosper them and not to harm them. Okay, I'm not going to cry. Trinity, do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and do you boldly declare Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church? do.
2: Yes.
4: Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the Word of God, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the unique witness to Jesus Christ and the, the authority of, for Christian faith and life? I do. Will you receive, adopt, and be bound by the essential tenets of ego as a reliable exposition of what Scripture teaches us to do and to believe? And will you be guided by them in your life and ministry? I
1: do.
4: Relying on the Holy Spirit, do you humbly submit to God's call on your life? committing yourself to God's mission and fulfilling your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of scripture and guided by our confession? I do. Will you be governed by polity and discipline and will you be accountable to your fellow elders, deacons, and pastors as you lead? Do you promise to be faithful in maintaining the truth of the gospel and the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Yes. Will you be a faithful deacon serving the people, urging concern, and directing the people's help to those in need? Yes.
1: This is a question for the congregation. Do we, the
4: covenant partners of this co- congregation, accept Trinity Sullivan as deacon chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ according to the word of God and the constitution of ECO. Do we agree to pray for her, to encourage her to respect her decision and follow as she guides us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is the head of this church?
0: Let us pray. Almighty God, Have chosen servants to lead your loyal people, and we thank you for these this deacon whom you have called to serve you. Give her special gifts to work on your behalf and fill her with the Holy Spirit so that she may have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. And help her to be faithful and dedicated deacon of God. Lord, we pray your anointing and blessing upon this servant. As She serves in this position of special leadership in the church. Fill her with your grace and your love, and we thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray,
2: amen.
4: Trinity, you are now a deacon in the church and for this congregation. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And the people of God say amen. If you all will extend to Trinity the new life at Calvary, welcome. Thank you. Thank you again, church, for your patience in that. We are now going to uh, rise and sing so we can get ready for communion. This I believe. and he is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. This is the table of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. Our Lord and Savior invites all of us to participate in and to receive his Holy Communion meal. Praise God. We are all asked, though, to take a moment to examine our hearts, to confess any sins, to look at those times when we have forsaken Jesus, as Pastor Antonio preached about today, and to admit those wrongs and confess them and to receive forgiveness. Saints, for those of you that are guests today, we invite you to follow along with the guidelines set by your own home church. If you have children today, we invite, make sure that they are baptized before they receive communion. Let us take a moment to confess our hearts. of the Lord. All those whom I love I correct and discipline. Therefore, shake off your complacency and repent. See, I said, knocking at the door. If anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine. Lift up your hearts. Holy God, we praise you for your son, Jesus, who shared our weakness and was tempted in every way as we are, who obeyed you by suffering and dying for us. You have raised him to rule the world and have given Jesus a name above all, every name, Lord in Christ. We praise him and we glorify you, great God, our creator.
0: Friends, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, after giving thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, This is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, do so in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the
4: cup, and after saying thanks, he said, This is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink of this, do so remembrance of me.
0: Let's take our communion elements. Those of you online, just take your communion elements now. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven.
4: The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Bountiful God, we thank you that, Bountiful God, we give you thanks that you have refreshed us at your table by granting us the presence of Christ, strengthen our, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in courage and peace,
2: rejoicing in the power of
4: the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us all rise to give thanks to God. people still join? Can women still join? Oh man, them words look super tiny, y'all. <laughs> look at my age. So Mount Zion Congregational Church, but the at 108th and Magnolia. So you can go to rehearsal today, I mean this week, Thursday at six o'clock. And also, we'll send out an email with the information. But the concert is actually on Friday, March thirty-first. Ooh, the birds are tiny. (laughs) So um, it's called Amber's Night of Hope, and we want to they support the kids that are uh, graduated out of foster care, and we want to be able to support that program. Uh, The uh, Gail went yesterday to Bridge, was it Bridge or Bay, and they had an if it's called if. The IF program, the IF gathering. You want to say anything else about it here? <laughs> it was, uh, uh hello? Okay i should sing something do no, turn the mic back off turn the mic back off anyway uh, <laughs> it was called the if if gathering and it was a women's program and the first time uh katie and i went and uh it was mostly online there was a gathering of women who actually were at we were at bridge but we watched uh most of the program focus was uh, the 23rd Psalm, and they just broke every line down what it meant to your life. It was uh, a really a great, interesting program. Great. Thanks for representing us, Gail. Um, the women from um, Bay Presbyterian Church would like us to know that if we miss that event, their next event, they're having a the women's luncheon on March 25th, which we are all invited to, but if you want to go, I need to know so that I can get us all registered. And the men, you have an opportunity as well to go to the uh, men's retreat, praise God. It's a, a men's retreat on March 10th and 11th, and you all are going to the Belua Beach Retreat Center. Hallelujah. So if you would like to go to that, please let me know so that we can get you all signed up. Jasmine Baines is in another um, performance, and it's called In the Heights. April 11th to the 16th at Playhouse Square and we do need to purchase tickets and she will give us details but if you can save the date for any time between April 11th to April 16th oh she said save your money we at the Playhouse look if y'all want to know Jasmine later when she get big you got to support her now I, I tell her all the time I'm coming to everything so when you world famous, don't ignore me. Jasmine Baines, don't tape. I'm going to play it back like she knows me. <laughs> so we do have some resources on grief uh, from Hospice of the Western Reserve. If anyone is interested in, in viewing this, we have it here to share. And I think if, unless someone else has an announcement that I failed to state. Oh, thank you, Pastor Antonio. Uh, Pastor Antonia is meeting with anyone that's interested in doing Easter bells for Easter. So the bells, y'all, some of y'all are familiar with the bells. You played a whole song using bells. And uh, so she would like to meet with you today in the Zoom room as well as the Christian Education and Youth Church. Oh, hand bells in here. And then about 20 minutes later, Youth Church and Christian Ed in the Zoom room. But speak to Pastor Antonio for those details. Jasmine. You are interviewing people for basketball. Oh, okay, you're interviewing people for a school project. Okay, thank you, Jasmine, for that reminder. Some of you all filled out some surveys for us last week on a uh, high school student named Hope. And if you didn't get to fill out the survey, we still have them here in the office if you would like to help her out. It's three questions. Y'all please read through the bulletin. It is so many announcements in here. We got announcements about spring break camp coming up, the week of Easter coming. What is wrong with this? No, this is something wrong with this bulletin, y'all. Okay, here we go. So look, you got Jave in here about her character signing. The car hop for Easter Sunday is in here. Uh, We got uh, Lamont Taylor, uh, Antonio Taylors was featured at Cleveland State University is in there. Uh, We also want to make sure it is candy, 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 hallelujah, candy time. Start bringing in your candy, y'all, because we do need to get ready for Easter, and Margaret Mallory does have a special thank you in there for her birthday celebration. We do, uh, again, thank you all for being here, and if we could rise for the benediction. Praise God. As we depart from this place, Lord Jesus, but never from your sight, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide us and lead us, Lord, even on the most tragic of days, Lord, when we are down and having a moment like Hagar. Help us, Lord, to let go and to move forward. With your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control, Lord. We want to stay so focused on you, Lord, that we can let go of the world. We give you all the honor and glory. Do your names In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today.